0: Exchange. Exchange, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Hayes Exchange. We're here today with my good friend Samdi Frazier. If you lived in Orlando anytime between 2002 and 2006, or probably before or after that, and never heard of the name Samdi Frazier, I guarantee you, you were living under a rock. Uh, Samdi was one of the most decorated athletes in all of Central Florida. I would say Orange County and and the state. First time that I learned about Samdi was when my track coach, we went to rival high schools, by the way. He went to Evans High School. I went to Jones High School. My track coach had the grand idea of putting me, the 800-meter runner, inside the fast heat with all the 400-meter runners. And obviously, I saw the name Samdi Frazier, but I felt Samdie in that race because when he blew past everybody during that race, long story short, I never volunteered to run in the open 400 ever again. Samdie, <laughs> <laughs> Samdie Sam was the man. Obviously, a lot has happened since then. He went uh, to run at Tennessee. A lot of great things. So, so Samdie, in a minute or less, can you tell us who is Samdie Fraser?
1: Well, you know, Samdie Fraser basically is a foreigner because I'm from Jamaica. So I'm from Jamaica, born, but you know I'm Orlando, Florida, raised. I already came from a foreign background and experience, and living in different cultures. Moving to the U.S. as a child was a new experience. First time I saw bathroom inside the house, you know, because I'm from the mountains. And just growing up in Florida, running track and everything. Then I went to the University of Tennessee to study. And who would have thought I would have left the country? Even my track coach at, at UT was like, "You failed Spanish three times." <laughs> and now you speak it. Went to the University of Tennessee from the hood, and living in Columbia in the hood.
2: Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your hood. How did you pick this spot in Columbia? I mean, how? How did you know where it was?
1: Long story. I started working here in this town while living in the hood in Bogota. And the reason I live in, in lower class because you, you have strata in Bogota. I mean, in Columbia. And the reason I live in like. Instead of three down because of the price, you know, not much money. Got to make it work. I'm used to it, so it's like it's not nothing new. I came to this town because I was working in this town at the time. But the reason I moved here was because I was actually homeless for like a month. So lady, whoever the government at that time, from the other job in this town, and some lady had an extra makeshift apartment on the roof. So I ended up moving there. That's how I ended up in this town.
2: I want to hear a little bit about what you do when you're homeless in Colombia. Like, are you scared? You like looking behind your back like the police going to come get you? Or like, what? how does that happen? <laughs> well, in my
1: case, um, you know, I slept in the car from time to time. I knew someone that would allow me to go and take a shower at the crib. And then I had myself in storage. So y'all, are you either sleeping in the car or I sleep in the storage? Mm, you know, got you. but. But yeah, you know, I made it work. And the thing is, because where I worked at before at the high school, they did not pay me for three months. Oh my god! The thing about me is that they ain't gonna pay, not pay me and expect me to come to work. So I started doing side jobs, teaching on the side and just not going to the school i had to get a lawyer that didn't work out then i ended up getting a job working for the colombian government at the secretary of education in this town but they couldn't pay me because the other job did not pay my health so i needed to make up the money to pay my health insurance so i can get the back pay from the secretary of education i was eating bread for about six months and then when i got i finally made up the money to get that back pay I moved up in that one lady spot, stayed there for about three months. I finished working with the secretary of education. I got a job at an institute in Bogota. got another job working independently as a contractor online. And now I'm on the road to start my own business up here and own a few properties.
0: And I know if you survive all of that, then you getting these properties and starting these business will roll like clockwork. I mean, that's absolutely going to happen for you. And I believe in it because of the drive that you've already displayed. But I I do have to know, let's just take a few steps back here. So you graduate from high school, you go to college, you do extremely well. How do you end up in Columbia of all places?
1: When I graduated from college, my first thing was like, I am not moving back home. not happening. I'm not going back. So I started looking for jobs and everything, and I ended up working at a finance company. So once I started working at the finance company, I tried to you know elevate myself to do what I wanted to do, which was in forensics. Cause that's pretty much what I studied—anthropology and sociology. I couldn't really get a job in the forensics field for the FBI because I needed experience. How do I get experience if I studied full time? So I ended up here in Columbia because like okay, if I can't find a job or well, they ain't trying to give me the job that I like, the finance company was cool, but it's not something I wanted to do. So I'm gonna search abroad. So I went to Dominican Republic, Guatemala, and I just decided I'm just out. So sold my house, sold my stuff, gave my car to my mother. I know I applied to Mexico, Brazil, Spain, and Dominican Republic. My, my manager at the finance company was from Colombia. And he said, he ever thought about Colombia? I said, man, you know, I hear a lot of stuff about Colombia, but I never even thought about it. He said, listen, you live in, or- oh, okay, you're from Orlando. We're here in Tennessee. My folks are from Tampa. We moved to Tampa when we Columbia. You're going home for the break. Visit my family for the Christmas break. See how we act. See if it's the place that you want to be. That's all right. So I went back to Orlando. I went to Tampa. I spent the weekend with his family. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put an application. See what happens. And they called me.
0: I was out here within a month. But you obviously had a specific focus in being in Latin America. Where where did that come from? You Something had to... Go off in your mind to actually tell you, all right, this finance company not working out. I want to shift gears here. You could have applied to go anywhere in the world. What made you say, all right, I'm going to go to Latin America and then I'm going to work in this space?
1: Well, basically, I wanted to improve my language skills because I started to learn Spanish. Because my manager always spoke Spanish to the clients that came into the finance office. So I said, you know what? When he's not around, who can speak to these clients? So I started to learn Spanish, Duolingo, flashcards. I bought a Game Boy um, DS so I could buy the Spanish video game. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? I want to go to Latin America so I can improve this language skill, so and maybe it could be a benefit for me in the future. So that's
0: pretty much the main reason. And then and then once you make that pivot, did you say, all right, I want to do finance in Latin America or did you say I want to teach there? Because there's a lot of stuff that you can do overseas. But like, how did you hone in on? OK, these jobs are available there. I'm going to apply to these specific jobs for somebody out there. That's like, all right, I'm um, I want to cast my net. I want to do something a bit different. How did you hone in on what specific companies were out there that would be potentially good employers?
1: Well, uh, well, first of all, I started this one company on Craigslist, like I find everything. <laughs> and the thing about that, this was very interesting. During that time, I was talking with the one guy who owned the company. He's also from the Caribbean, Bahamas, I believe. I got another guy got in touch with me who was also applying to work at the same company from New York, and he was also another Jamaican. And he got in touch with me to see if this company was legit. And I'm like, bro, I don't know. We're well, we going to find this out together when we get there. <laughs> right? So, but when I got here, I actually ended up teaching track and field because they never had track and field program in in these towns. So I started off doing PE, track and field, and then teaching English on the side. And then that's when I pivoted into just teaching English because I saw how the students were just so happy to learn, and I felt like I was doing some of benefit. Yes, it's not forensics or anthropology, but this is still another way to help people because i know me being from jamaica and from the hood we don't get that help we don't get that benefit you know what i'm saying so it's kind of i don't know it just felt good
2: (laughs) about adjusting to a new place like working in the school system when you just were working in finance so you come to a new culture you come to a new career you've got all kinds of newness happening around you, how did you reconcile all of this, all of these new experiences so that you could be a success in your job?
1: Oh, man, reading books, watching YouTube videos, and personality, Right. L- um, listening, listening to the students, listening to the people. You know, my mom always say like, you, you hear me, but you're not listening. <laughs> and I'm like, I am. What did I say? I don't know. So, (laughs) And just observing, observing the teachers that were there already, um, asking my friend or colleague that were experienced, um, teachers, how do you get the students' attention? You know what I'm saying? And the thing in life, I remember the, the most, I mean, the thing that benefited me the most when I worked at the finance company, what my Columbia manager said, he said, life, because he was the manager with no college degree, but you need a college degree to be a manager. So how did you get the job? He said, son, let me tell you something. A small percentage of what you learn in life is through your home, education, what you learn in school, university, if you want. But so what's going to make you advance in life is how will you BS your way through it. He said, if you walk into a job, if you walk into a company and you look lost, I'm going to say, can I help you, sir? But if you walk into a company and like you work, then now you know I'm going to stop you. So I BS my way through teaching English, and then I ended up getting two certifications in English, and one of them came from Spain. Wow.
2: So so I'm somebody who loves Spanish as a language. It was the first foreign language I ever studied. It was like a gateway language for me that opened the door to study Arabic and even to study some Bengali. I want to know a little bit about why you love Spanish. And I want to know, too, like, what were your strategies? Other than listening to people, maybe eavesdropping a little bit to kind of hear how they said things, how did you get your Spanish tight, and how long did it take?
1: Well, shoot. Well, first of all, duolingo and everything. But when I left the country, because everybody learns differently, I met people who never left the U.S., and they speak it like a native. But for me, I had to be in the culture. The one thing, I always wanted to also touch on my Spanish roots because my grandma's actually from Panama, from Bocas del Toro. And I'm, I'm like, so how can nobody in the family speak Spanish? My dad said, because your grandpa told your grandma, we don't speak Spanish in this house. So nobody never learned it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to be the one to go ahead and break that trend. I want to go back. I want to go to Panama and see if I could probably meet some of my people there. Maybe. Also learning Spanish is practice. When I went to Dominican Republic, because that was where I pretty much perfected it before I came here. When I went to Dominican Republic, I thought I knew Spanish. I thought I did. I thought I did. When I got there, I realized I knew I knew nothing. So a Dominican once told me, I said, I can't understand you. I don't know why you're speaking too fast. He said, you're listening too slow. <laughs> so it's interacting with the locals. I never interacted outside the work environment with other expense. Never. Everybody else, spoke with were native. And if, and, and if they were native that had a good English skill, we ain't hang out.
0: So how long do you think it actually took for you to feel like you can go out into the streets of Columbia in any town and be understood and also to understand people?
1: I feel like I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still not at where I want to be. But to get to the level of being understood and understanding the people to a point where I have no problems, and if to a point where I could express myself if I don't know the vocabulary or anything, I would say about two years.
0: Mm. Two years—that's actually it's years. actually pretty solid, though. When you factor in your strategy for being around people that uh, are actually speaking the language on the street too, probably you know you're right. you're surrounding yourself in that environment, and so that helps out a ton. I want to talk a, a bit about this idea of moving to a country but living in a place. That's a bit smaller and not one of the major cities. I think when people think about Colombia, they think about your Cartagena, Medellin, Bogotá. What is it like living in a smaller city? And would you recommend that uh, for other people that, you know, are seeking opportunities abroad?
1: Experience living in a smaller city. Well, look like what you just said. People, when they think about Colombia, they only know the majors. They only know the majors. That's it. Living in a smaller town, it's more humble, right? Less pollution and it's more family and, and you will probably be the only foreigner. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of forced, you know, to, to intermingle with the people. Would I recommend it? I would for somebody who likes a tranquil life. I will recommend a town that's not too far from the capital because my town is only what, 20 minutes from the capital. So I go to Bogota I mean, quite often. I wouldn't recommend it because I know a lot of people would not know the bus system that well. Maybe they won't get a vehicle. They're not going to be here that long. So, no, I would say stay in the cities. Stay in the cities. Mm. The towns are great. But if you like to party late at night in Bogota, after
0: 11 o'clock, you can't leave the
1: city. Mm. At least you got a car. Right. You know, pay Uber.
0: Because you got to really know your way around uh, the block when it comes to navigating the streets of Columbia, right? So, speaking of, speaking of driving there, like, what is your day-to-day like? Could you walk us through, like, a, a typical day?
1: Okay, so I wake up early. I wake up about 4:30 in the morning, cause I like to knock out um, the primary work I do, which is basically I teach um, adults or have conferences with adults from other countries online. So I like to knock that out starting at five, 5:30 in the morning. Normally, I finish that around 10:30. Um, sometimes I hit the gym or I just go to a park and work out from that time, and then I just walk around the town. You know, walk around the town here, enjoy myself. I never drive in the town because everything's so close. If I have to go to Bogota, I'll go to Bogota. And then I'll start doing research on the videos that I want to produce on YouTube. <laughs> so once I do the research, then I will plan a day to go to that particular town because the videos that I do are on town that a lot of people don't know anything about. So i do the research. i go to the town for the day, and that's it. Or sometimes if I want to travel somewhere because my work is remote, i go, oh, I want a car to go to Cartagena for three weeks. I'll go there for three weeks and just work from there. And that's the best thing about being independent, but working for a school is different. A typical day working as a teacher, normally you would probably be in a private school. So you wake up early the same, like 5 o'clock, you have to be out of your house by 5 o'clock. Because that child ticket book is, at 5 o'clock, you can sit there for two hours. Fishing. Right. So, so 5 o'clock, you out of the house, boom. And then you pretty much all teachers arrive, start working around 6, 6, 30. School normally lasts until 3 or 4. Then you take the bus back home. Pretty much education. Working in the university, is different that was the best experience i ever had that's
0: more when you have your schedule you come when you want <laughs> amazing so when you talk about the formal school environment and then your videos is this video a part of kind of your another stream of income or is it part of your business or is it an idea um that you are that, that's evolving tell us a little bit more about the videos
1: well it's another stream of income. I ain't making that much. You know, I'm trying to grow grow my subscriber base, but, you know, it, just bring it in. Bring it in something. Basically, the video idea came when I wasn't making any money. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to do videos, and I will just try to just do... If you check my old videos, I didn't know what I wanted to do. A friend of mine was like, well you, well, you travel and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but my life is not that interesting. I can't just vlog. He said, well... You are an anthropologist. Why don't you talk about the history? That's part of anthropology. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. I did a video on one town, and people liked it. So I said, you know what? People don't know about the towns. So my thing is to bring Colombian history to the Colombian themselves because they don't even know about their own history, and to bring it to the people that are traveling to Colombia.
2: Well, I love that you're having a full circle moment. Studied anthropology. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm not finding a career. I'm not finding a a job in my field. So let me try something else. Then you go in your field, you run into a roadblock, and you end up right back at anthropology. I just love that about life. It reminds me of The Alchemist, that that book by the Brazilian author. Super, super famous. But I want to ask you, I have to tell you, I admired a lot about Colombians when I went there. I mean, they're good-looking people. They're very well-dressed. They're very family-oriented. What have some? What have you learned from living among Colombians that you want to kind of keep with you for the rest of your life?
1: Oh man, to be caring and compassionate, man. I feel like when I was in the U.S., I don't know how many times I heard people say, "I love you, man," or "Oh yeah, let me give you a hug." Like here is always, "How are you? Good morning. How was your day?" You know, they kiss when they meet. They kiss when they leave. Um, they just they enjoy life, and I feel like. In the U.S., for example, in the U.S., I probably meet some of my friends that are girls, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" Over here is like, "Oh, how you doing, baby? How you doing, my love? Everything okay? Doing well? But tell me about your day." So when I bring that back to the U.S. and I speak to the females like that, they're they're just blown away.
2: <laughs> now you like, dang, they all owe me. <laughs> the
1: game is up a notch now. Huh? <laughs> you know, like, who calling me and say, "Oh, how you doing, baby? How's your day?" <laughs> Right. So I learned to be compassionate. Also, I learned not to trust nobody. It's like here, it's it's hot and cold. You're going to find the ones that just will get over on you and the ones that are there.
0: There's no in between. <laughs> and then for people that are interested in moving to a place like Colombia and working there, what do they need to do to prepare themselves? Where can they look in terms of finding a gateway there? you know, kind of meshed with that question. Do you see other black people, African-Americans that are in Columbia doing anything? It could be teaching. It could be in finance and technology. Do you do you see other people out there?
1: Um, well, okay. A buddy of mine, he's from Jamaica and he teaches English and he also started his own English company because he learned you can't work with people. <laughs> so he started his own English company. Um, I met a guy... I don't, I don't know him, but I met him with somebody else, and he actually worked in his field from the U.S. here. I think it was something with technology or something, but in order to do that, your visa is different. So you just have to have your degree from the U.S. or certification from the U.S., and you can get that visa here, and then you can work in your field here. But in order to do that, you have to manage the Spanish level pretty well. The thing is, teaching English, you don't have to speak Spanish at all,
0: at all. Wow. And so what advice would you have for someone that wants to go to Colombia to do anything?
1: I would say first visit, which is something I did not do. Visit, look up online what cities you'd probably like to to visit and go there. Stay for about a week or two, get an Airbnb. Make sure your documents are in place. And if you need to get a lawyer or somebody to help you with the visa, like a like one of those visa companies, do it because you can do it from your own place and
0: get your visa to work before you come here. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Samdi, this is the last question I'm gonna ask, and we're gonna wrap it up. If Samdi Frazier comes out on a stage with thousands of people cheering his name, what's the theme song?
1: Oh yeah, loco. escuchame, maybe yeah. Si pues Sandy,
2: yeah. <laughs> let me just tell you, it's always a pleasure. Every time we're with you, you you your personality, your spirit fills us with joy, and we are hoping that the jewels that you drop today will just show some young person that there is a life beyond the United States, and there are people of color all around the world.